Coast Party people. Are you glad you're here today? I mean, why not, right? If you're not glad you're here, you're already here, so just have fun while you're here. I mean, good Lord Jesus, if you're not going to have fun, let me just remind everybody, we have one whole wall in the lobby covered in doors, and you can pick one. So, <laughs> okay, today's going to be a great day. Um, it already is a great day. So let me just remind you guys of one thing. This weekend, this coming weekend, is our men's conference, and so this is the last week to sign up, so you need to sign up for that. We're going to have a grand old time. All right, today we have a guest speaker here, and I told you guys at the beginning of this series that the last two weeks of this series was not going to be me, but it was going to be two ministers that I sit at the table with. You know, we had different layers to this series and the different things we were talking about, and so there's guys that I'm around that I get fed from, and I feed them. It's, it's a mutual go-back-and-forth relationship. Pastor Hal and I, Pastor Hal pastors a church in um, Cumming, Georgia. It's just north of Atlanta, and they don't, nobody there claims Atlanta because it's their own world. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, so that's where his church is. We planted just a couple months apart. So we've been both pastoring in our little respective worlds for going on 17 years now. Oh, my goodness. Well, before that, I just want to give you a little context. Before that, in year 18, him and I went through the ARC assessment together, and it was the first assessment for ARC pastors because we're old way back in the day. And we were sitting with a group of pastors at Carabas, and this guy came down to my end of the table and said, hey, I, we haven't met yet. We'd been together all weekend doing this assessment thing. He said, we have, I haven't met you yet. My name is Hal Hardy, and I said, I'm, I'm Craig Wendell, and that how many know sometimes it takes a lot of guts to go to the other end of the table and talk to somebody? I mean, let's be honest. He was just like, I'm happier in my little world. I'm so thankful he didn't do that because out of that one trip to the other end of the table, I found the best friend that I've had forever. And it's changed my life. I'm pretty sure I've changed his life in some areas. Um, we just, we're kind of cut from the same cloth. I know you're going to enjoy him today. I know you're going to be blessed today. And so take out your notes. And take some notes, take, take them on your phone, whatever, because we're lifelong learners here. We're going to learn something. And I forgot to warn Pastor Hal, first service, he didn't know what the click was. So if you're here and you don't know what the click is, you can get you a free notebook. Um, they're out there in the lobby because we take notes. We want to learn and grow. All right, are you ready? I've talked enough. I don't want to take any more of his time. Put your hands together. Help me welcome to the stage my very best friend, Pastor Hal Hardy. <laughs> Good morning, church family. How are you doing today? Oh, my goodness. I, this is my home away from home. I'm, I'm your crazy cousin from the state of Georgia, so there's no telling what's going to come out of my mouth. Have you ever had one of those family reunions when, when all the aunts and uncles come and all the, all the little nieces and nephews are thinking, I just can't wait for so-and-so to start talking? I'm that relative. And, and, and we go, we go, we, we go way back because we go way back. We we did meet that that uh, that weekend, and and I'm so grateful that I made that trip down the end of that table. You know, when I, uh, whenever I drive, I'm not ever in that part of town, but when I do, I uh, always remind my wife Sandra. I said, you know, I, this was this 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 Carabas changed our life, and yes, the bread is that good. <laughs> but but um, just that one conversation. One thing that I really enjoy in our church back in, in Georgia is I enjoy it when families go on vacation. In our church together, they go on vacation and they're posting pictures of, of their families doing life with one another. 
And what's so beautiful about that, the Bible says that the God will set the lonely in families. Like, I, I believe that your best friends can be found and are probably, whether you met them or not, they probably are in this church, in the early service, in this service, they're here. And what, what we have and, and the enjoyment that we've had walking together for, for 17, 18 years now, ladies and gentlemen, you can have that in your church. God wants that for you in, in your life. And so my, my family sends uh, blessings for you from, from Georgia to you guys and wish they could be here. We are excited to, to be a part of this series. Craig, you are my best friend, and i got to brag on you that um, I don't just say this because it's the right thing to do. You honor people. You honor the pastor when you come in as the guest speaker. Can I just tell you something? Your pastor is a real deal. That he, he loves Jesus. Golly, that guy loves Jesus. Whenever I'm around Pastor Craig, I want to be more, I want to be more Christ-like. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be closer to him. I want to grow in my relationship with him because of his walk with God. And one thing that also that you need to know that the same way that when we talked on the phone, literally we've talked for one, at least once a week, unless he's out of the country, then I'm not going to hold that against you, or unless I'm out of the country, but usually I'm out of the country with you, you know. But here's the funny thing is, is we'll call each other throughout the week like a bunch of middle school schoolgirls. I mean, we do hit each other up. We send stuff to each other just to make each other laugh. Come on, somebody. And, and, um, but when he speaks of you, he speaks, he, he speaks like he, he's in the honeymoon stage. It's like he just planted. He loves you. So if you are a first-time guest, I want to say this. Second-time guest, you've come back a third time. Welcome home. Welcome home. If I live anywhere remotely in this area, I would plant my family. This is a safe place to plant your family, okay? The Bible says, Psalm, Psalm 92, those that plant themselves in that house of God will flourish in the courts of our God. And maybe, maybe your life isn't flourishing because maybe because you haven't planted, right? You plant, God flourishes. You plant yourself, he'll make it rain. Oh, that's good preaching. Come on. But, but maybe, well, I am planted, but my life is just not as flourishing as I really would like it to. Well, guess what? I believe that God's got something very special for you today in his word. I hear that they love Jesus and God's word at this church. Is that right? Come on now. You know, I, I'm excited about today's message because I'm, I'm sharing a, a story of someone that had a conversation at the table of Jesus, and it forever, it forever changed his life. Now, before you check out on me, I know that this is a very familiar story. It's, it's Jesus and Zacchaeus. Now, look, we're about to identify who all the old people, I mean, the people that, were, that grew up in the 80s. Sunday school kids that drank the little Kool-Aid and ate the cookies that you put on your fingers and ate around. Come on now. And we used to sing this song that says, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was, you're so old, and, right? And the Lord, he wanted to, and as, walking, and he said, Zacchaeus, I know that part, you come down. Why? Because I'm going to your house too. See, I, I, was, I was a hellion. I did not pay attention to Sunday school. I was there for the cookies. And I'm a pastor. So y'all be patient with your kids. You never know. <laughs> Here's the thing. Many of us grew up in church. We know this story about this, this Zacchaeus, the tax collector. And he had an encounter with Jesus. 
and, and he was short in stature. And, and, you know, we have this image of Jesus, and especially those that grew up, especially in the South, a Bible belt buckle. You're the hook on the belt buckle in Mississippi, right? And, and we have this image of Jesus, six foot three Jesus, with flowing locks like your pastor, <laughs> right? Now, I, I, you may not recognize me in heaven because I'm going to have his head of hair. I'll tell you that right now. But if you grew up in the South, you probably had this picture of Jesus hanging in your grandparents' or your parents' house. You guys, does this look familiar? You've probably seen this picture. The reason you're laughing is because you're like, I have that in my house right now. What's wrong with that picture? I, was, I, I, was, I went to have uh, dinner, actually, with a, a friend of mine uh, who's, who's black. And, and he literally had that same picture, but it, it looked like this. He had this picture in his house. And I'm like, that's crazy. I had the other picture in my house because of a different family of origin, you know. But maybe you're young. Maybe you're a young person here today and you would say, well, you know what? I don't have either Jesus in my mind. This is the Jesus that I pray to. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> hey. You know. It just depends on your family of origin. It's where you grew up and how you grew up. It reminds me of a story that I heard about two, two, two friends that they were arguing over whether the fact that Jesus was black or was he white. One was, uh, a friend was black, the other was white. He's like, my Jesus is this, and no, Jesus is, no, no. Well, they got into a scuffle, and they were on a fishing boat, and they fell over, and they both drowned. Okay? Good story, bad theology. But anyway, follow with me, people. They, they, they wake up, and what happens? They stand be at the pearly gates before St. Peter. St. Peter says, hey, listen, the record shows. That you two were scuffling over Jesus, his skin color. Why don't you just ask him yourself? Just then Jesus walks up and he goes, buenos dias. <laughs> and scene. Some of y'all get that on the way home. Here's the truth, the, the, the average Semitic, some of you are like, hey, that's funny right there, I don't care what you say. The average Semitic male 2,000 years ago was between the, the height of 5 foot and 5 foot 5. That'll mess up your image of Jesus. All right? So how short was Zacchaeus? Right? Um, so whenever I talk about Zacchaeus today, this is maybe a, give you a good mental picture, okay? You can blame me for this for the rest of today's uh, encounter. All right, just it's Danny DeVito with a tunic. That's all that you have to think about. <laughs> all right, let's go to God's Word. Luke chapter 19, here we go. Verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector, make a note of that, in the region. And he had become very rich. Now, at this time, during this time, Rome was a superpower. They, their, their military strength was unrivaled. They would conquer an area, and they would leave the, 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 the bodies of the people on crosses, or just they would flex just so people would, coming through that town would know that Rome had been here. Well, to have a military force that is that strong, they would have to have a lot of money. And so to get those resources, they had heavy, they levied heavy taxes on all the nations that they controlled. Now, Rome developed a practice of taxation called tax farming. Tax farming was this, is, is they, would, they would collect taxes from the people and they would basically sell franchises to tax collectors. They went to the highest bidder. So if you wanted to be a tax collector, you just bought that franchise. You would bought, buy that, that job description. 
All right, well, this is what Rome said. Rome said, listen, we don't care what you charge, but we have to have our assessed value. So that, that, that lends a lot of room for um, uh, corruption, a lot of room for stealing, a lot of room for, for heavy, heavy taxation. All right, so, so th- then on, on top of that, to make matters worse, a lot of these tax collectors were Jews. So now they were, they were seen as crooks, but now you are a traitor to your very own countrymen. And do you remember what the Bible says, that, that they, were, they were, he was the chief, Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector, which means that he was over the others. So he was, he was hitting his and skimming off the top of theirs. So now he's the mob boss of the area. Danny DeVito in a tunic. Let's keep reading. He tried to get a look at Jesus. But he was too short to see over the crowd. So what did he do? He ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road. For Jesus was going to pass that way. Verse 5. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Make a note of that. He called him by name. He said, Zacchaeus. He said, quick, come down. I must be in your house today. I want to to come to you. I want to come to your house today. Now in the south, if someone invites themselves, what do we call that? Rude, okay, it's okay, don't lie in church, rude. But again, the Bible's not a Western book, it's an Eastern book. And so what Jesus was saying is, Zacchaeus, I want to share my time and I want to be in your world. I want to be close to you. I want to get to know you. I, 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 I want to be with you. Let's spend time. Now, Craig and I, have, have, we, we've planted churches in Rome and we help churches in Rome. Craig taught me. You know, in, in, in Rome, Italy, when we go, you, you don't get up a, earlier than, than, than two hours. Like two hours, if, if you like eat and, and bolt like we do in the States, that's very rude. Okay? And, and so I ate myself across Italy. It was awesome. But it was a different pace. So Jesus wasn't saying, I'm hungry, feed me, I want to catch a bite. It was, I'm going to be with you for a minute. I want to share my life with you. Now, now, let's keep reading. Zacchaeus quickly came down, climbed down, and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He had gone to be the, the guest of a notorious sinner. Now, watch this. There are sinners, and then there are people who are famous for being sinners. Now, I believe this church is probably, you know, we, we got some notorious sinners in here today. Come on. And if, if, if you are, then welcome home because we all used to be, right, being, being, being stubborn and living, living for ourselves. And so he, he was. He was famous for being bad. In South Point, I just want to tell you that if you want to change the world for God, let um, me just go ahead and warn you. The, the, sa- the same way that the people criticize them, I can't believe it. Jesus, the rabbi, wants to spend time with, with notorious sinners. And I can't, I, here he goes again, hanging out with the wrong crowd. Don't you know we need to be hanging out with the church crowd? If you ever want to go after the world, you're going to be misunderstood by people. Here's a great statement. Write this statement down. If you're not willing to be criticized by people, then you're not ready to be used by God. <laughs> Craig and I have been in ministry, we pastored Craig and, for, for decades. So yes, we've been pastoring this amount of time, but we've been in a ministry for decades. The people that have always, historically, have always given us the biggest problem were the religious people. The world don't, they don't care. They're just, 
They think it's awesome that we love them and serve them and, and are there for them on their worst day. It's, it's religious people, people that are critical spirited, let me say that, critical spirited, judgmental. They've forgotten how far they have fallen. Oh, come on, church. Come on, wake up with me. They've forgotten that they were the notorious sinner, and now they know a little something, and now they're judging others. Right. Just a couple weeks ago, we, we, uh, we did something that we were criticized for at our church. <laughs> Again. And so we, what we did is we, we wanted to talk to the kids, the, the middle schoolers and high schoolers. We had a big crowd of kids. And we did an event. And we do a once, once a month event. And then we do weekly things. But this event was like, how do you handle pressure? How does God want you to handle, handle pressure? There are good ways, healthy ways. And there are not so healthy ways. So what we did, just to be fun, is we had two vehicles that we parked in the parking lot. We put stanchions around them and, 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 and barricades around them. And, and we took out the glass. The glass was taken. So were just, these were nice cars. But they were just not, they were not really working order. But they were not beaters. They were nice. But they were just, it cost, they were not worth what they, the repair bill. So they were, they were donated and we had them parked there. And we, so what we did is we gave teenagers sledgehammers. In glasses. I'm like, just beat the devil out of that thing right there. You do that to a teenager, boy, you think you're handing out candy. Woo! They were, I mean, they were bashing. And then all of a sudden the parents were like, hey, can I have a whack at that? I'm like, how aggressive are you people? What is, you need a counseling. You need Jesus. You know, and we just had a wonderful time. Why? Because we were throwing out a net. When you're telling students you can come bash a car, you'll get all kinds of students that have probably already been bashing cars that weren't allowed to. Right? And we, we got some flack for that. Yeah, you see all these kids running around here. Yeah, but do they love Jesus? Well, I don't know if they love Jesus, but apparently they hate those cars. But what I did say is this. Yeah, but we have a chance to share the gospel with them. This is our time. We can, sh they're here. What are we going to do with them? I know, give them Jesus. And so Jesus was criticized. Here he goes again, giving people sledgehammers, throwing a party. That's a really good t-shirt right there. Handing out sledgehammers, throwing up, no, 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 no. Anyway. And so let's keep reading, let's keep reading. Luke chapter 19, verse 8. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, you know what? He had this conversation. I'm coming to, he's coming to my house. And he says, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And, and if, I've, if I've cheated people on their taxes, and he had, I'm going to give them back four times as much. Now, Zacchaeus didn't do that to be saved. He did that to demonstrate that he had a change of heart. He did that because he was saved. According to the law of Moses, if someone stole something, they would have to, and they returned it, they'd say, all right, well, thank you for returning it, but you have to give me 20% more. If something was destroyed, or say you, you stole a horse, and the horse died under your care, well, you couldn't, you couldn't give back the horse, so you would have to give four times the amount that you sold, stole. So Zacchaeus was saying, listen... I am willing to, to experience the stiffest punishment just to make things right. That's what he was saying. That, my friend, is evidence of a changed heart. And Jesus said this to his response. 
Jesus responded, verse 9 and 10. Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came. In other words, Jesus, here's the reason I am here. He came to seek and save those who are lost. You guys are in a series called Fed. And what you're doing is looking at conversations at the table throughout the Bible. And today, if Zacchaeus was here, if Zacchaeus was here, these are some things that he would share with us from his time at the table. Number one, if you're a note taker, write this down. Number one, long before you get to the table, Jesus knows your name. <laughs> when Jesus was passing by, what did he do? He looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come on down, man. This is so amazing to me because it just lets us know that God knows where we are. God, God, he knows everything about you, church. He knows the good things. He knows uphanded, uplifted hands in worship. He also knows the ugly parts of our life. He knows the broken relationships. He knows the, the, the failed businesses. He knows the, 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 the tempers that have been lost. He knows all the ugly, and yet he still wants to come into our life. And yet he still pursues us. That's amazing. You know what's funny about this? That God knew where to find him. Jesus looked up. In other words, he saw him. He's, he, he knew about his reputation. He saw them. And don't you know, if Jesus can find a man in a tree, don't you know he can find somebody in the church? He can find somebody what, joining us online right now. You, you're not hiding behind that screen, friend. Jesus is sitting there in the, in the room with you. Why? Because he loves people. Right? Here's, what's, here's something fascinating. Do you know what Zacchaeus' name means? It means translated pure and innocent. Can we just all agree that he was anything but pure and innocent? He was a thief. He was a crook. He was living beneath the potential of his name. Jesus reminded him of his name. He didn't just call him by name. He was reminding him. You know what? This is the way that I see you. I know the way that you've been performing, but I see you this way. Ladies and gentlemen, that is one of the most powerful ideas that I can have, that Jesus does not look at my failures, but the Bible says that he formed me and you in our mother's womb. Why? Because he knows us. Powerful. All right? Look what Paul says this. The apostle Paul wrote, or said this in, in Romans chapter 4, people are counted as righteous. Not because of their work. Zacchaeus, because of his work, he wasn't righteous. He was counted as righteous. Why? Because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. Now, follow me. Wouldn't it be awesome to know that conversation that he had between Okay, he invited him to the house. People are complaining. They're criticizing. And then he goes to, Lord, I'm going to give half of my stuff to, poor, to, to the poor. And if I've stolen, I'm going to give four. Yeah, but there had to be a conversation between running home and I just, I give up all my stuff. Right? Number, number two, here it comes. Hearing about Jesus is one thing, but being close to Jesus changes everything. From the story, 
The Bible does not give us a clear explanation of that conversation. It just shows about a guy who let Jesus into his house and into his heart, into his life. Do you know why, um, why the Bible doesn't mention that conversation? It's because the content of the conversation wasn't as important than the presence in his house. Pastors and pastors and Christian authors are the world's worst of, of you know, five, five keys to the kingdom. Five, six, six, six principles to break through. Seven unforgettable, 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. I mean, how many principles can we get? You know, seven unforgettable leadership moments. How about this? You can keep your principles. You just give me Jesus, though. I, 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 sometimes I, I, I just get overwhelmed with, okay, enough with the principles. I just want Jesus to sit down beside me. Um, let me speak to all the Christ followers today. Those that you're followers of Christ. You, you call yourself a Christian. I, have, you, have you leaned so hard into the accumulation of knowledge and principles? And nothing wrong with that. Please. Lifelong learners, but but is are you trying to memorize scripture, but you you're not getting to know the author? Are, are, you, are you trying to learn more instead of get closer? I, I, I don't think that you have to choose. I think you can grow. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, by the word of God. And at the same time, my faith grows and I just want to be closer to God. How am I doing, church? How many of y'all glad you're not in surgery right now? Come on now. Well, that usually gets all of them. 80% anyway. All right. Jesus rebuked some Pharisees, some religious leaders one time. And he, he said this in, in John chapter 5. This is fascinating to me. He says, guys, you search the scriptures because you think that they give you eternal life. Hey, newsflash, they all point to me. Jesus says, how do you not know the word of God that's made flesh is standing in front of you? Oh, wait a minute. You're trying to get smarter instead of getting closer. Remember when you were first saved? It's like, it's like the world became, you started singing technicolor. Like you, you, you didn't have your, 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 the depths of theological ideology or dispensational truths. And you didn't know all the wonderful ways to treat a scab from the book of Leviticus. Come on, somebody. All you knew is you were a sinner and you needed a Savior. All you knew was, you know what, Jesus paid for my sin and I, 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 I surrender to him. And because he's the Lord of my life, I don't have to pay for my sin. I'm saved and I, and I know it. I, all I know is heaven is my home and it doesn't have a mortgage attached to it. Come on. <laughs> Oh, I don't know it all. You're right. I don't, I don't know all the principles. But I know this. I'm saved and I know it. He's Lord and I, and I know it. Number three. Number three. The last thing that we learn from Zacchaeus and Jesus at the table is number three. A transformed heart is demonstrated by a change of behavior. Here's another way of saying it. Talk is cheap. Right? Either Jesus is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. What, what a shame it would be for us to get all hype in church, but then to go outside and live like the world. 
well, Pastor, I've got a personal relationship with Jesus. I know, and it should be personal, but it should be seen in public. Yeah, it's happening in here, but it's shown in my feet. It's shown by the way I, that I served on, sir, on, the, on your serve opportunity coming up. Hey, listen, if, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, then, then you're going to be water baptized, right? Well, you know what? I just, I just uh, no, no, no. He, 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 he told us to do it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So you don't want to get in warm water with people who love you that are cheering around you. You think you, you can't do that and you think you're going to go live for God outside the church? It's not going to happen. He's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. That's the thing about surrender. It's not like kind of. It's like being kind of pregnant. <laughs> James said it like this. In the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied. If, if not accompanied by action, it's what? It's dead. It's dead. And then please hear my heart. You're not saved by our good works. Okay, we can't do anything in our own righteousness, but we're saved for them. Like God saved us, and we have a relationship with Him, and, and now people see, hmm, something's about you, you changed. Something's different about you. You talk different, you walk different. I mean, you're still bald-headed as you can be, but you're crazy. Like you, you, you have a joy on your life, and you got peace in your. You got peace with God, don't you? Yes, I do. I don't have to have the wrath of God. Why? Because I get to have the peace of God. Let me tell you what He did in my life. Okay, you guys good? Ch track with me. So now, now, chapter nineteen, Zacchaeus and Jesus. Zacchaeus is what? Very rich. Okay, let's back up one chapter. Chapter eighteen. There's a story about the rich young ruler. Okay. He comes to Jesus one day. He'll say, Jesus, what do, I do need, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, that's easy. Just give what you have to the poor and follow me. What was he doing? Jesus was inviting him to be a part of his team, to be a part of his life. He wanted to share his life with this young man who was rich. Sounds like another young man that was rich in the next chapter. But the Bible says that when, G when, when, when the rich young ruler heard what Jesus said, He's like, mm, tell me what I need to do. He goes, well, just do this and do this. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all these great things right. I'm getting it right. I'm crushing the game. But he went away sad because the Bible says that he had great wealth. Truth is, the great wealth had him. He didn't have it. Okay? All right, now watch this. Watch this. Look at this. Chapter 18, the rich young ruler went away from Jesus. Chapter 19, Zacchaeus ran toward Jesus. Ch chapter 18, the rich young ruler, he walked away, he walked away sorrowful. Chapter 19, Zacchaeus, he went away from Jesus saved. Ch ch chapter 18, the rich young man, he told Jesus all the things that he was doing right. Chapter 19, Zacchaeus confessed all the things that he was doing wrong. Chapter 18, the young man said, hey, good teacher. That's what he called Jesus. Chapter 19, Zacchaeus called him Lord. Here's the truth. What testimony do you want? I don't know how to say it any plainer than that. Well, it's whatever the Lord wants. No, it's whatever you choose in this moment right now. 
Do you want to be the guy that walked away sorrowful when you can be the one that walked away saved? Do you want to be the one that could just tell Jesus all the awesome things you're doing? Or you can be the one that says, Lord, I confess I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I'm a mess. And I want to encourage you today, if you're here today or you're joining us online, here's the problem. I need you to fire somebody. You are the boss of your life. And I'm going to need you to turn in your resignation today. You need to fire you. You're not good at being the boss of the universe. It's stressful, isn't it? It's a lot of weight, isn't it? Jesus came to seek and save those who are lost. He came for you. He came for me. He's knocking on your heart's door right now. And you knew it when you got up this morning. You knew it when your tires hit the property this morning. You're like something. And God's stirring my heart. You know what he's doing? The Bible says when we lift him up, he's drawing people to himself. God's drawing you. He's wanting to come home with you, not just stay in church with you. He wants to make all things new. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want that. I don't want to walk away sorrowful. I want to walk away saved, born again, all things new, fresh start, surrendered surrendered, I want that. This is what I want to do. I'm not going to embarrass you. I would never do that or have you come down forward. But I am going to ask you just to slip your hands up in just a second, just a second. Slip your hands up. And that's just you saying, Pastor, I mean business with God. I'm not playing games today. I know I live in the South and I know I live in the Bible belt buckle and I get that. I've got to know that I 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 am right with God. Not because of my good works, but because of his perfect sacrifice. I want to receive that into my life and surrender my life to him through the authority of Jesus. He, hey, listen, listen. I know it's 2023, but Jesus says, I am the way, the truth. Well, there's many ways. No, 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 no. I, Jesus, am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Why? Because he's the only one that paid your, your sin debt for you. That's available. This is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to drag this out. If you'd say, Pastor, pray for me, I, I'd like to do that. I want to surrender my life to Christ. I'm not talking about church membership. I'm talking about joining Jesus. On the count of three, slip your hand up. Okay? And I'm going to count. One, two, here we go, three. Anybody in this? Come on, come on. Let's go. Let's go. My goodness. Keep your hands up. Come on, keep it. Hey, if, if, if you're someone beside you is, is raising their hands, I want you to just clap, celebrate them. Come on, keep your hands up. Let me count right now. Ushers, can you help me? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Good for you. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. I see eighteen. Come on. Nineteen. Come on, church. Twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six. Anybody else? Come on. Come on. Anybody else? God bless you, sir. Okay. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, we put our faith in Jesus, right? We don't put our faith in a formula, a principle. I don't put my faith in a prayer. I put it on Him. And if what, we do, what do we do? We believe, we confess in our mouth, 
out of our mouth what the Lord Jesus. Why? Because he's the only way. And believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. Listen, our Savior is not dead. He is alive. Amen. So I'm, I'm going to try to do this. I'm not as good as, as Pastor Craig and eloquent as he is. But I'd love for every, every head to be bowed, every eye to be closed. Just have this moment with God in your seat. This is not between me and you. This is between you and God. Your life will never, never be the same. Watch God. Say this prayer right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for living life my way. I believe you died on a cross. And I believe you rose from the dead. I confess Jesus with my mouth. I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. My life is yours. I fire me right now from being the God of the universe. You are God alone. And I belong to you. Now say this just real quick. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Give me the power to make Jesus famous through the way that I live outside of these four walls. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate the folks that made a decision today? Church, I sure love you. Sure love you, Pastor. Come on, keep, come on, keep those hands together. Carlos, is it turned on now? Everybody say hi, Carlos. Say, wake up, Carlos. I'm just teasing. Could you keep your hands together for Pastor Hal? What an amazing job. Awesome, awesome, awesome. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Stand with me, if you will. If you're one of those people that raise your hand to give your heart to the Lord today, there's a free book down here on both sides called Fresh Start. We want to put that in your hands. It's completely free. You do have to come get it. And what is that? It's just going to give you some great next steps in your spiritual journey that you just began. And then if anybody needs prayer for anything, there's wonderful, amazing people down at the crosses on both sides that would love to pray with you. And last but not least, if you are a follower of Christ and you want to take communion today, there's communion elements down front on both sides. All right. Are you ready to go sign up for the men's conference? Are you ready to say the benediction? How many have it memorized? Some? Come on, we've been doing this for nine months. Come on, guys. Here we go. You ready? Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as we trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his super abundance until you radiate with hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go radiate hope, boys and girls.